Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs and business owners, where we talk about all the things that we're going through as women running businesses. I'm Alessandra Polina, and I'm so excited to make some connections and learn from each other today. Hello, so excited to be here today. This is our very first interview episode, and I'm so excited to have Liz Teresa here. She is the host of her own podcast, so she already knows how to do this. And we met a couple of months ago briefly after being in the same kind of circles, I think, for a while. And she has been really doing awesome things in business for a long time and I think has so many things that people can learn from. And I'm really excited to hear about her business journey today and hear all the good things she has to share with us. So Liz, thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. I think you're great and I love your name. It sounds like a song. It's very pleasing. <laughs> thank you so much. Should I sing for our first episode? Should I sing? No, oh. I won't. Can you sing? I don't know. That's not, not okay. It's not my best art form. I, I would say like <laughs> I did acting, like I was an actor in high school and stuff. like I did theater and that was like my best thing. And then I took voice lessons. And so I sung well enough to like sing in a musical, but not be the lead. Wow. Okay. So what kind of thing would you sing for our first podcast episode? <laughs> like twinkle, twinkle, little star. But that's just because I watch my niece a lot. And that's like one of her favorite songs. She, her favorite song actually, oh my God, this is so random, but like she, she watches this thing called little baby bum on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I know it's it. Like, you know it. Oh, it's so yeah. It's like <laughs> these British babies that sing. And like, there's this one about clean up your toys, like clean. I don't know. Tidy up your toys. And then, oh, that's the clap your hand song. She likes both of those because she likes to do that stuff. Oh gosh, how old? Really she? diverse interests. Um, she's um, <laughs> she's sixteen or seventeen. Oh, okay. oh yeah. so I have a three year old, so I don't, I can't say I remember many of the individual songs at this point. Oh, they <laughs> haunt my dreams. You know what you're talking about. Luckily, we've kind of made it past a lot of that stuff. I think. I know all the moms listening are like, we we know we know this. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they. I feel like it's a popular thing amongst the moms. Yes. Well, yeah. you need to know which things you can have and kind of plop them in front of. As for sounding moms, you can like feel okay about putting them on the couch in front of when you have an important call or yeah, how to that. plop your children and walk away. Exactly. And feel like they're still learning something. Oh, I love it. That's so great. Oh, oh yeah. Oh gosh. I have, we'll do a separate episode on that. I've got a long list. I know. Should I tell, should I, should I tell people? more stuff about me? Should I like talk? Yes. Tell us more. Tell us more. I know, I do really Besides so your bad. singing background. <laughs> you know, I was going to sing. Alessandra. There you go. Okay. Maybe you need to, I'm going to re-record the um, <laughs> intro for the podcast. <laughs> oh, and boy. maybe, yeah, we're going to redo that. And <laughs> you make an original song. I know I should write a song for you. Okay. We should definitely look into that. Next I will. Project. So before I became a songwriter, <laughs> exactly. I had this business called Liz Teresa. No, I, I'm, when you called me this person that has experience, I feel the same way about you. I did all the feels. I think you're great. You also have a lot of value to provide and I'm so glad you're doing this show. So yay for your Thank first you. interview show. I'm very excited for you and I'm very honored to be here. Uh, my background is that 
I started my business in 2011 and I never knew I was going to be a business owner. I didn't really understand what business majors did because I was an English major. So I did English and theater arts in, uh, I went to Stonehill College in Easton for my undergrad. And then I pursued a master's in English at Bridgewater State University just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I got to go for free. So I was like, Hey, Hmm. yeah, right. Why not? And so I, I worked for Bridgewater. I got a job there. Um, to be a graduate assistant, which means you can go for free and then they pay you like minimum wage to do office work. And I was like, hell yeah. So I know it's like a really good gig and I highly recommend anybody that wants a master's get an assistantship. You'd be crazy not to. So that was what kind of, that was actually how I found marketing because my parents also owned a business back then. My parents used to be the owners of a company that is no longer in business, unfortunately, but it was called Morse Diving Incorporated. And it Mm -hmm. was the oldest manufacturer of diving equipment, like hard hat diving equipment, deep sea. Think of like the movie Men of Honor. And I say that specifically because my dad made that stuff. He made all that stuff. That's so random. How do you know? What? How did they start making that stuff? It was like my dad used to work for them in the, I would say like the early nineties. And then he bought the business and then he ran the business. Then they sold it to like, honestly, someone who was a crazy pants person and it's no longer in business now. And I don't want to tell the story probably because I wouldn't get it right. And somebody would get mad, but I will tell you, yeah, just that you got to watch when you sell your business, who you sell it to. Mm, Yeah. You know, um, but anyway, because they had a business, they needed help, you know, reaching new customers. And if you remember 2000, I graduated 2009 and I was in graduate school until 2011. And from 22, I would say from 2007 to 2012, the economy was just in the dumps. There was just Mm -hmm. nothing out there. Um, and I, that's kind of why I was also going to grad school because I figured I I didn't know what I wanted to do. And Combining that with a bad economy, that just meant I wouldn't have a job. So I figured, mm-hmm. why not go to more school? So then while I was there, I started studying up on social media marketing. And really, it was like through Twitter, I found this girl. I looked up social media marketing interns because I intellectually, I kind of thought that they would be the most like reasonable and accessible people to talk to about social media because there nobody was really a social media like director. That was not a right. job. Like Twitter was only two years old um, in 2011. So in 2009, when I started looking for social media experts, there just weren't any because it was too new. Like no, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. People weren't willing to pay for it yet or even know that it was something. They didn't know it was a value in their company. Exactly. And and I found this girl who was a social media intern for a company that was called then it was called Her Future. And it was actually owned by Gabby Bernstein, who is now extremely famous for Mm Um, all of her spirituality books and stuff. But she used to own a social media network called Her Future, which was like for women. Um, and I, I met this girl that worked there as an intern. And then she and I became like online best friends. We were super tight. And she taught me everything about marketing. Um, she got me like, I would say my first bunch of clients just because she was extraordinarily well-connected already in the online marketing space. And she was just an intern and yeah, the power of people. And so Mm -hmm. she got me connected. And then in the background at Bridgewater state, I, I was working at the television studio on campus and I got connected to an administrator of the college who actually, he had a side business doing social media consulting for small businesses. And so this kind of brought me into social media marketing. So when I launched my business, I wasn't actually doing websites. I was doing social media and then this is a good story. I promise it gets better. But then I, I launched, right? And I used to get so mad because I would help these businesses create really cool marketing plans, but then they would just like, the results were not good. And I was like, 
gosh darn it, why? And like, I'd be really great at driving traffic, but they'd be like, but we're not getting sales, but we're not getting sales. And I was kind of seeing it's because your website's jank. It's like, mm-hmm. there would be all these problems. And I, and you know, I used to make websites for fun. Like I used to have fan sites for like cartoon shows I watched when I was little. Like I used to make websites. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, hey, should I just be doing that? And then I was like, yeah. So then I shifted my business and I started doing website design and development. I was by myself for many years and I was able to do it all by myself until I got really tired. And then I had to hire people. So now I have a team um, who supports me. And I'm very grateful. And now we've been full. We're like more like a full service um, marketing and design firm. And I would say that's what we, that's a good descriptor of what we do now. Cause we do, I would say anything under the sun related to copy branding, um, web design and web development. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. I know. So how long did it take? It is a good story. Yeah. (laughs) Because I love like, well, I love the story of starting off by yourself and then figuring out like if you want to grow and how to make that happen. Oh, I was staring at the ceiling one night. So stressed because I had to like do a midnight launch and I wanted to take a nap. Cause it was like, I had somebody that was launching something at midnight. And by the way, why do you do that to people? Don't (laughs) launch at midnight. Like if I could go back, I'd be like, Liz, tell her no. Yeah. I was such a pleaser, people pleaser that Mm -hmm. I remember laying in bed thinking, I wish I just had someone else to do this. Mm -hmm. So how did you, so when did you first like hire the first person or start putting together like a team after doing this for yourself? So I started out, the first people I actually got were interns, but they were so a la carte. Um, my first reliable human, um, is Zach, who's my lead developer. Um, he gets, he would like blush if he hears me talk about him because he's like shy in real life. Send this to him then. I know. We better send it and like get it on the Today Show and he'll be like, oh my God. Um, no, he's, he's awesome. I actually found him because he, he was hired to replace me on another project, which is so offensive, right? Oh my goodness. I know. It's a crazy story. I was working with this client in Chicago. She was so mean. Like, right. She kind of knows though. So if she ever hears this and she thinks about who, who she is, she'd be like, yeah, I'm not that nice. She's, a lady. she's, she's got a heart of gold, but as a business person, she's very hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, be, I was the developer on the project. So I was not the creative. I was the, I was the builder of the website. Mm-hmm. And I, I prefer to be the creative, um, because that's just where I'm more naturally able. Um, but I'm, I'm, I was a good developer. I just wasn't as good as Zach. And so we, I built this site is actually, I did a great job, but she just didn't like it aesthetically. So she, um, relieved the designer. So she fired him from the project. And so because she fired the designer, she fired me and then she hired Zach. And I was like, Oh my God, who the hell is, who did, who does he think he is like walking in and taking my, you know, basically my bread and butter. He took over the project and then like, it, I didn't make any less money cause I was already paid out, but it hurt my pride mm-hmm. to see like, Oh Liz, we're going to give this to somebody else. And so like, yeah, I just really? hated him, you know, cause I was <laughs> like, screw this guy. And so then I, I finally talked to him though. Like we had to talk on the phone at one point. I was like, wow, he seems pretty nice. And I was like, he's probably putting up a front. Right. <laughs> and then we became friends. Um, and then eventually I was like, I need you. Cause I You're like, Oh, he actually knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's way better than anyone I've ever seen make a website, which wow. I mean, like he's like the, the Van Gogh of building websites. He's so good at it. He's the best. There's no one better. I know. Like, so like when I, that, it gives me all the confidence though. It's like when you hire people that are that good, like you can go on and you can go out and you do a a consultation. You can say we are the best because we, we have the best people and we make the best websites. And when I say it, I don't even like smirk. I know it sounds arrogant, but like, it's true because he's so good. 
He's wow. so good. Yeah. And like, so and- if anybody out there needs a website, Liz oh. Trace's company has Zach. Oh my God. He's Love awesome. Him. Custom WordPress. I mean, we don't drag and drop build. I mean, like we don't do, I don't know, Squarespace and we don't just like throw up a theme and throw a logo on it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what a lot of web builders do. And like, if they do this, I'm sorry if you feel a little judged. That's it. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want a cust, a truly custom website. Yeah. A truly custom um, WordPress yeah. site. I think, I mean, I think I've seen people who do that and I think people are honest about it sometimes. Yeah. You know, I can offer you this themed website and you know, it's, you're going to pay less because you're, because it's a theme. It's going to look like other people's websites and some people are fine with that, but yeah, totally custom and getting easy to edit too is obviously yes. Cooler. So, so. <laughs> so how long, so, um, that was like after you'd been doing it for a couple of years by yourself though. I think it was 20, yeah, it was 2015. I okay. hired Zach. Yeah. Okay. And then from there, you've added more to the team. Yeah. Now I have people, I have a lot of, um, I had a lot of administrative help needs. So then I hired people, basically like a series of assistants who've all stayed, but it's like, I just need more people. I always need more people. I'm talking to somebody today because we had like, we have so many projects that are just like administrative but important. They're important. It's just that, you know, I need, I need more hands. And so mm-hmm. I'm hiring somebody else probably today. When I That's talk to a great place to be. How oh, do you, and, yeah. So do you think you draw, you bring in clients because your copy and your website itself is so great? Like, because obviously that's what you do. So you know how to make it work. Or I feel like people are always like, well, how do I get more clients? How do I get more jobs? Mm-hmm. How do I get more work? Like how, like you seem to have the best problem. You know who had great advice about this? So uh, do you know Julie Starr? I know the name, but I don't think I've ever met her. In okay. She's, she's a, uh, uh, nutrition, I think, or if she's a dietitian, she's going to kill me. I think she's a nutritionist and she's the founder of star yoga though. So she's she's local. So she's not like a business consultant, but her piece of advice about how to attract clients, she said, be good at what you do. And like, honestly, it will bring you clients. And I think that's very true. So it's like, if you provide, like, I, I, I don't try to get clients at the point that I'm at, but Mm -hmm. I do remember a time when I was trying to get clients. But now that I've got once, you know, once I created a perfect system for it's like, I think it's like when you get your systems right and you provide a really high end stellar experience, the clients will just come because people won't shut up about how much they like you. And that's, that's kind of what it is. It's like, I've perfected onboarding. So it's like, I know what to do. If somebody says, I want a website, I know how to walk up to them. I know what to say. I know what to tell them to do. So I tell them to schedule a call. Then I have the call and I'm just an honest human. I'm really just like this, maybe a little friendlier, but I'm really just like this. Friendlier than this? No, I'm more friendly. I don't know. (laughs) Right? I probably do a jumping jacks before I get on the phone just to sound excited. And then like I do that. Then they buy it. Do you usually sing for them first too or? If they they have a request, (laughs) I'm not going to say no. Yeah. (laughs) No, that was just for you. Uh, But yeah, like, and then if they buy, if they buy something, then I know, then I say, okay, like, I have a system. I know exactly how to get the money. I know how to give them an invoice that's secure. I get them a service agreement, a copy of it. I know exactly how the process goes. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, if you can write out, and I think that this is a really valuable advice for anybody that hasn't thought about onboarding. Once you know how to onboard a client and then, you know, you should know already how to help them and what to do. But if you can figure out how to perfect onboarding and then how to also perfect the project conclusion, Mm -hmm. you can, that's really the key to the experience at the beginning. 
in the end. The middle is something most, most entrepreneurs, especially startups, you probably have already figured out how you're going to help the person usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might not know like how exactly you're going to get paid or how, you know, that's a really good point. Yeah. Keep it super streamlined. And so, yeah. you, so you sound like, you know, exactly what you're doing. And, and like, so it's not a question, right? People want to know what to expect and they want to know that you're going to show them what to expect. So they don't have to like, feel like they have to figure it out or ask you like, so how do I pay you or yeah. And provide. And I would say if, if you're hustling now and you're, if you're saying, how do I get more clients? I would say it's easiest to, okay, I would, I have a few things that I would probably say. First I would say is look at people that have bought from you before. What could you sell them now? How can you be useful now? Because people that have invested in you before are more likely to give you money again. than mm-hmm. people that don't know you. That's, oh my gosh, it's so true. Like I, I had to raise, I'll tell you this, this is such a good story. I, I was getting married to my ex-husband. He's gone now. <laughs> I have a new husband, but my first wedding, um, he lost his job. He'd be so mad but he doesn't listen to this podcast probably, but yeah, he'd be so mad if I told you, but it's true. He, he lost his job and, and, um, it was awful. And I felt awful for him because, you know, he really, he really got a raw deal. He's brilliant. Um, at, at what he does, he's really good at what he does. Um, it was awful. He went through a lot. Um, but we had a wedding to pay for, marriage, right? But... Oh, that marriage. Yeah. That, that was no fun either. <laughs> he had a really rough go for a couple of years. Oh, um, poor guy. Then we, I know that we had to get married, right? So <laughs> like had to. So I, I owed the venue. We owed the venue, um, $13,000, right? And then I also have bills to pay. So I have my student loan payments, which like, oh my God, they're $1,300 a month. I'm not even making that up. And that's just from undergrad. My, my master's was free. So yeah. Wow. Woof. So there's that. But I, uh, so obviously I had expenses plus we had the wedding. I'm not going to postpone a wedding because then, you know, then you're like that person that postponed your, your wedding. Right. I don't know. I mean, that's probably wow. would have been a better idea or to not get married, but like looking back, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, if you could have postponed it until you realized you should. <laughs> I know. Damn. Maybe that, see that Liz was determined to make mistakes. She was just good at that. But what I will say I did is I raised $20,000, um, in two and a half weeks. And I'm not making that myself. Is incredible. I had no team. This was before I had a team. I got married in 2013. I was doing everything myself. I was getting married. I was planning a wedding. I did everything myself. So yeah, I raised $20,000 in two and a half weeks to pay my venue, pay my student loan bills and have some leftover for spending money on the honeymoon. So and I, yeah. How did you yeah. do that? <laughs> I farmed my existing client base. I ran a promotion to um, basically the way that I operate um, and I still sell hourly packages to this day as I, yeah, I sell time. So I, I had hourly packages and like, basically like the more hours you buy, the more you save. So I ran a sale discounting all of them like slightly and then announcing that in, you know, in January, the rates were going to increase. So like you can buy a maximum of three, um, units of packages now. Right. Um, and so then people were buying time that they weren't even going to use for like a long time. So okay. it was like, so you were scheduling stuff out for later, but yeah. yeah. So I just, I got all the money in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you would actually think that people would buy less after that, but they didn't. It was just easy for them to say yes. Like I made it really easy. Um, and it was at all, like, I mean, no detriment to me really. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really made $20,000. I mean, carry the one, maybe like $20,000 and $5. It's probably not exact, but I really did. Um, so and I'm so proud of it. So have you, so wait, so then tell me a little bit more about the packages. I'm just curious. Like, hmm. how does that work exactly in terms of time? Like, are they buying time to that you're going to work on their website or this is for other stuff or 
Yeah, they've changed. My packages have evolved as to like what they include. Uh, one of, I, so I sell websites. Websites are flat rated the way that I operate. Websites are flat. Um, consulting is usually monthly flat. Um, copywriting is, ex, is the most expensive. Um, it's my most expensive hourly rate and it's just an hourly rate. And then, and I'll, t- I'll tell you my rates. I'm actually not that shy to you because I can change them and I don't think people would be that mad. Um, and yeah, then I had, I love to hear yeah. exactly how you make it work because I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to make it be like a sales. No, I don't. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to talk about like, money. Yeah. How do you like literally logistically make it all add up and like make it make sense for clients and things like that? I yeah. Well, so what, uh, websites are flat. My concept of creation package is there and that's right now that's 3297 flat. And it's a ridiculously good deal. Like, I mean, that every time I do it, people are like, after going through the program, they're like, oh my God, that should have been like $2,000 more. Like they think yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, and it's an all-inclusive website um, design, development, and branding package. And it includes copywriting and consulting. So it's like, that it's is amazing. yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know why it's, I, I don't know. It sounds, <laughs> I'm like, when I say the price, I'm like, man, people are probably like, Liz, damn it. That's what I'm bad at is charging my worth. Um, but I do, but I also will say what well, I can say we're the best and I mean it, but like, I don't know, for some reason that's my thing. I don't know. I, but I raise my prices every year. So I just try okay. to not be like, I don't like taking advantage of people either. That's part of it. Um, I get, I get that, yeah. then I have a basic package, which is also build flat. It's just less money and you don't get as much. Then I have, um, my, I have retainers, which are monthly. You get a certain number of hours per month to do anything related to your website, pretty much, except you don't get strategic consulting in a formal way. So you don't get like formal sessions with me. Okay. Um, and those vary in price. Like my, my smallest one is $97 a month. So it's pretty, pretty like easy to get to. And then like my highest one is like $1,200 a month or $1,300. Um, in like the, for that one, you get like 20 hours of work. Right. So it's like, that's if you have like lots going on. Um, and then we have a la carte hourly packages and a la carte packages, you know, you get, you buy up, you buy two hours. I have a two hour minimum for two fifty. You can get 10 hours for seven fifty. So obviously better to buy 10. Hmm. Um, and, and then 20 hours ever. Huh? You can use those whenever, like it doesn't have to oh, be yeah. one month. So you might whenever, well yeah. for 10 hours. The, the 10 hour packages. Oh my God. It's the best. It's the best deal of life. And then you get, um, what was I going to say about it? What's interesting about it? Oh yeah. And then basically I just track, I like when I sell hours too, the way that it makes sense to the client is it's all trackable in fresh books, which is my invoicing system. So like people can log too. in to see what's happening too. All wow. the time. I know. So it's full transparency, which is like huge. You always want to be super, especially if you're a service provider and you're listening to this, like what steps can you take to show everybody, you know, show a little leg? Because that's like, that's what people I think find awesome about me is that like, I really, I'm super upfront and honest about like, you know, what we charge and what we're physically doing all the time. And like, you know, that's partially because like, you know, I try to communicate as best I can over email. And then like, Zach is so responsive as well to my clients that they love him. Um, there's some that prefer Zach to me and I'm not making it up. Like they really, <laughs> they love him. Um, and that's good for me that they do. Right. Uh, and then copywriting is $200 an hour. Uh, so it's my most expensive thing, but it's also like, I love doing it. I have no trouble selling copy um, or I build copy flat. So sometimes people will be like, you know, I have a, a project and I and like, depending on what it is, I might build it flat. So 
Wow. Yeah, so it depends. A, a lot of different things to like keep track of kind of. But. I know. I know. And that's why I should have a project manager. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't trust. This is the thing. If things pass, pass through Liz Teresa, I want to, I just haven't let go of, I want to be, I want to know, I want to make sure people get the work done. Mm-hmm. And I want to know the client is having a good experience all the time. Like that, If it has my name on it, I can't, I haven't been able to let go of that. So actually my biggest shift that's going to happen is I'm going to be doing, um, I have my copy master class, which is a self-guided copywriting class. This is not meant to be a commercial, but just telling you my business model is shifting. Yeah, no, totally. But it's due to, because like when you trade time for money, you're always going to have a ceiling on how much money you can actually make. And so like right. I'm doing my class because I'm like people, and actually I beta tested it and it was awesome. Um, I sold 10 before it existed. So that's proof of concept. So I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. people want classes. So I, I sold 10 people went through the class. It was, it was great. I perfected it after beta just to kind of take into account what they, what my participants were saying. Um, and that's going to be launching. And so once I have the class out, my goal is to add more classes and sell it like a membership. So people always get support Mm -hmm. um, that I don't have to be there all the time. And that's kind of what it is. Cause like right now I'm everywhere all the time and it's, it's exhausting. Yep. I'm in the same exact place yeah. as you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I talked so much, but I mean, I, 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 I love talking about money and I love being real. Me too. Um, I'm learning a lot from you and I think everyone else will too. And oh, I think, good. I think a lot of people are in that place. Like we start a business by ourselves and then it's like, wait a second. Like when I started mine, like that was my whole idea. Like for years I was like, yeah, I just want to work by myself for myself and like not have to deal with any people and not have, you know, <laughs> if I want to take, if I'm taking the afternoon off, I don't want to have to tell anyone, you know, as oh, long as yeah. I ain't work done, that's it. And then like in the last like year or two, I'm like, wait a second, like all I can do is what I can do. And I'm never going to build my business beyond where I am now because I can't, you know, beyond how much I can raise my rates. Yeah. For my clients, but there's only so much work I can do in the day. Yeah. So yeah, I've been working. I actually just hired someone part-time to help me so that I can actually take on more clients. And I'm so excited about that. And then I also, I also just launched, um, my DIY course so that I can help more people. Cause a lot of people come to me and they don't want to spend any money, <laughs> but I they're doing really cool great. stuff. So I want to like help. And I just found myself spending a lot of time talking to people about the same things over and over again. So mm. like, let me just put this together and then maybe I can make some money on the people who really were never going to hire me. That's exactly, that's why kind of where copy class came in. A lot of people that bought it were people that couldn't afford a website or couldn't afford concept of creation or couldn't, I guess, couldn't, you know, understand, um, investing in themselves. People that start businesses, a lot of times, like, and I see these posts online, they'll be like, where can I find somebody cheap to do blah? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you just sound so unattractive. (laughs) I want to work with you. I mean, like, and I don't say that, but I think that to myself and I'm like, you know what, when you start a business, your absolute number one expense should be marketing. That's Mm -hmm. like, that is above all. And it doesn't mean hire Liz Teresa, although you, you're wrong not to usually is what I'll say with honesty, (laughs) but like hire Alessandra, hire people that understand how to put yourself out there in like, and mean it. And because if, and you should be spending more than you make when you start out, because otherwise you're spending nothing. And the less you spend, like every penny that I've made in Liz Teresa, I have poured it back into Liz Teresa, except to buy clothes because let's face it, (laughs) clothes are fun. 
And that's, that's how I am. But like, I buy things for me, but like so much of everything that I make goes back into the business. And then I, I mean, I do the basic things like paying bills and investing for retirement and buying mm-hmm. groceries. But beyond that, like, I don't just have like Liz fun money to do stuff. Cause I'm like, why sh- what does it matter? I'd rather invest in something that gives me money anyway. So I invest everything I, I have into my business. And so it's like, that's how people need to be thinking not to make their, their quick Oprah money. Cause there is yeah. no such thing as quick Oprah. Yeah, I think that's great. And I, it, it's true. It's like, you have to, I think it's like build it now, you know, and wow. then later on it can be bringing in money. You can hire someone to replace yourself. And you're still you bring it. Yeah. If you so believe you're in your concept, old, you're not like having to do the day to day. If you want to go away for a month, you just do it and-, and put your money where your mouth is. That's what it is. If you don't believe in your business enough to invest in it, then you really should question what you're doing. And I really mean it. And I don't mean to be like, you can't play with us, but like you can't play with us. <laughs> no, I, mean? I think that's a really good point too. Like I think for so long, I didn't spend much money on my business. Like I was kind of like, well, there's no overhead. Like I know before we started recording, you were saying there's a lot of expenses that you have for your business. And I oh, want to yeah. hear about those two in a second. But, um, I was like, well, I have like almost no expenses. You know, I can work from home on a computer. I already had basically, you know, and like didn't really have any tools or like major things that I was paying for every month. And, and yeah, I didn't grow beyond where I was. And just more recently, I'm like, I've been having a total mindset shift about that stuff. Exactly what you're saying. Like, Oh, if I, if I pay a little bit for like these tools that are going to help me grow or even just kind of show that I'm willing to invest in my business, like every single time I have spent, like, even if it's like a $25, like, I don't know, event or like something, it's come back to me like so fast and so much more. And it's, it's so true. And I wish that I had like, I mean, I'm not going to say I wish that someone had told me that sooner because I'm pretty sure they did, but I wish, (laughs) I wish I had actually believed it and like tried it. But you know, at the beginning you're like, Oh, I don't have any extra money. Like I don't even have like $25 to invest back into it. You're like, I'm already, yeah. You feel like, Oh, I may have nothing. I have nothing to put back into it, but yeah you are making at least $25 or like, what is your business? Oh yeah. No, I mean, (laughs) are you getting brunch on Sunday and is it really expensive? I mean, like what kind of choices are, how important is this? Like, so for me, I, I did, once I realized that I could just do stuff by myself, I was like, why would I ever get a job? Like why? When I can just make money, you know, and like right now I'm in my, I'm in an office. Sometimes I, you have to stop. This is, here's a piece of advice I wish I knew. Stop and appreciate how far you've come. I mean, I'm in an office. It has giant windows. Um, I have it decorated with all kinds of pop culture stuff. So like I'm really into TV from the nineties. So I like, I have tons of friends related things. Mm-hmm. Like I have like the Monica frame on the door over the, the eye, the eye peak hole. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yes, I know exactly. Yeah. I have that. I have like, so like, yeah. And it's decorated how I want. I want to come see your office sometime. That's how long have you had an, an actual office space? Have you always had that? 2012, I had my first office and it was in the same building, but it was smaller. And then when I, when I got married, before I moved to Mississippi. So I didn't have an office for a couple of years. And then when I came mm-hmm. back, they gave me this one that was available upstairs. And I think that they like kind of regret it. Cause it's so big. But they, and it's cause I know the people that own the building like so well, like we're really tight, like family tight. Um, but they could have got a lot more money for this, this part of the building, but it was because wow. my old office was gone. But like now I have a, like a really pretty one. So they gave it to you at the, like the same price as you had oh, only like a little more. Wow. Not and I was like, I was like, hell yeah. So you prefer to leave your house and go into an office space every day or whenever you want at least? Yeah. Well, I live in, so I live in an apartment. 
Um, and it's, it's actually a pretty, I would say it's big. It's a very big one bedroom. So one bedroom sounds small, but it's a big mm-hmm. one bedroom, um, in Abington. And like, yeah, I, I prefer to come here because then I, it's almost like when I leave here for the day, I'm leaving my stress here mm-hmm. a little more. Um, because this is like where the environment is. So especially on a bad day, like yesterday, yesterday wasn't bad. I, I just worked like, I was so intense into what I was doing that it like, you know how like when you do a bunch of things and you're like, it's still not enough. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I felt <laughs> when I left. Like I did like, I did so much. I checked off so many things that was on my mind, but you know, I left being like, er, and then by the time I got home, I was fine. Cause it was like, I, I don't know. I breathed on my ride home and <laughs> yeah, no, relaxed. I totally see that. Like just feeling like, okay, now it's done. I'm it's done. I'm and then I did a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's important to think about how much you've accomplished, even though there's always so many other things on the list. <laughs> I know. No one, no one pauses. I try as best I can to pause. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's a tough, something we all struggle with. I think <laughs> I try to pause every day. It, and like I meditate every day in the morning for 10 minutes. I do the daily calm, which is an app. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Oh yeah. I downloaded um, that app once. Can't say I've ever opened it. Since. Oh no, you should. <laughs> So, at least, well, so for me, it's like, if I don't, I'm, I'm way more prone to anxiety, um, and overreacting to stuff. I'm a very emotional human. I'm Italian. You know, I know I could tell I was like going to say, I was like, if you're not, your name is receiving, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, like we get emotional, you know, part of our humor. I just feel like if I try to like sit for 10 minutes or whatever, I'll feel stressed out about the things I could be getting done during that time. But maybe Oh yeah. Makes me more productive, believe it or not. I get way more done. I have heard people say that. I don't know. I guess one of those things you don't believe, right? Right. I have to hear people tell me it for four years before. Future Alessandra is going to be like, oh, old (laughs) Alessandra never did that. (laughs) I wish I had listened when people had said. Yeah. No, I have, there are actually a couple, um, recordings that I've downloaded recently and like, I don't, I think they're considered like a meditation recording type of thing or like, mm-hmm. like a, like mindfulness type of things and stuff. Yeah. And I tried to start listening to them in the car. Cause I listen to podcasts in the car all the time, Yeah, but I was like, Oh, why don't I just put these on in the car? Like, I'm not going to like obviously close my eyes and like, hopefully I'm not going to get so relaxed. I fall asleep or something like that, but <laughs> you know, just to listen to that and just like think, you know, just not be actively consuming or like thinking about work or something like that. Thinking is very damaging a lot of the time. People think, I say entrepreneurs think too much and don't act enough. That is a big problem. Yeah, I think that's so true. I completely agree. I mean, I think I act a lot too, but <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, it's, I think, but you can also like, I do it. I do this. Like I notice I do this. Like I'll, I will argue with somebody before they've had an argument with me sometimes in my head and I'll be like, they're mad. And so now I'm mad at them and I'm picturing what they're saying. And then like, I'll get to my inbox and they'll be like, Liz, you're so pretty and nice. I don't know. Some of my clients are that nice. They say nice things. And I'm like, Oh my God. And like, I will have decided that they were mad about like something ridiculous. And yeah. So that's because your mind, it's going to either imagine things that have already happened or like fantasize and, but in a detrimental way, oftentimes about things that like, could go wrong. And so like, that's why I'm like, most of the time you spend thinking it's not actually productive unless you're doing focused work, like unless you're doing the important things, you know? Yeah, totally. Mm. That's very true. I know. I definitely have that too. You know, but like sometimes I think I should turn off the, um, like the preview text on your emails. 
Cause I totally have that. I'll like see like an email come through on my phone. You get scared. You get scrolled in it. And I'm like, from like, yeah, from like the first couple words, the first sentence, I'm like, oh my God, it sounds like they're (laughs) like saying something super annoying. Like they're like, first off, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, and I like dread it. And I'm like, okay, I can't deal with that yet. Like I'll check that email later today when I've gotten through the things I need to be in a good mood for. And then I build it up and then I read it and they're like, first off, everything looked so wonderful. I'm so glad that like (laughs) this is so easy for you to take care of. I have no notifications, by the way, because of that. My yeah. not- I disable all all email push notifications on my phone are disabled because otherwise, and I don't even have email open all day. I check it a few times a day, and it's because otherwise, I lost so much time. You see, people say that, and I am so jealous. But like with PR, I can't do that. Like I no PR, you need email. like requests it. that come in, or like if a writer replies, like they could be replying from something two weeks ago, so it wouldn't be like on my radar to be like checking it. But as soon as it comes in, I need to see it. So I'm always so jealous when I see people say that. Because I love the idea of like being so organized and streamlined that you have like certain times a day you check email and that's like it. It's, I think, yeah, you can save time by focusing on what you're doing and only open up certain times for things like that. But I just don't feel like I can do that from my business time. Wait, Every so- PR person would agree with you. Yeah. I've never talked to somebody that closes their email. So yeah, like, yeah email has to be there. But what is, um, you had alluded before to some of the like expenses of running your business. And since you're so open about money and how it all runs, I'm so curious, like what kind of expenses do you have and how have you managed that? Contractors, um, are my number one expense, but also my most valuable (laughs) expense. Mm -hmm. So like hiring people to do things for you is a thing that's scary, um, Mm -hmm. for startups, but I will tell you, Um, especially if you are a service provider or you're known for your expertise and you're selling your expertise, uh, it is in your best interest to outsource the things that are not the things that people pay you for. Uh, so, because that saves you time and you'll, you'll earn more money. And especially if you sell, like in my position, like if I sell time, it makes sense to pay other people to do the things I sell because I'll always make, if I price myself accordingly Mm -hmm. and watch what I pay people, I'll always make money. Um, as long as, and as long as things have my, my art direction and my touch and my management, like, I mean, I don't pass, I don't pass anything through me. That's not awesome. Um, and so that's kind of how I've done that. But my number one expense is probably contractors. And then I would say secondary to contractors when you are a web designer, um, like at least operating the way that I operate where I don't just like, I don't like just install WordPress on like a bad hosting company like Bluehost, they're bad. So I hope they don't ever sponsor your podcast because they probably won't now. And I'm really sorry, but like, that's, that's just, okay. I only want you have to edit this out, I guess. The podcast. <laughs> wait, who, no one has, wait, who has? No, I said, I only want good sponsors anyway. Oh, yeah. So if you don't support them, then but they're I horrible. Them. <laughs> the company is just like, I, in my, okay. My experience has been really dissatisfied, like not satisfactory. So like, but like a lot of people will be like, Oh, don't you just install WordPress? But for me, it's like, we have like a whole staging server that I pay for. So it's like a server mm-hmm. that exists. So it's like a private hosting, a private droplet of hosting. Mm-hmm. That exists just so we can build on it. Um, but those are, I mean, like it was expensive. And Zach knows all the nerdy stuff about what it is and what it looks like and what's there mm-hmm. and why it's so special. Um, but that cost me like, it's, I think it cost me like $250 a month um, mm-hmm. just for that. And then like, and then, you know, I pay for like Basecamp, which is like $150 a month. And then I pay for, gosh, what's the other one? That's like, I pay, FreshBooks is like $50, I think. And then I pay... I don't know. There's just all kinds of, there's so many pieces of software that I rely on, you mm-hmm. know? Um, 
when you work and, and then when you manage a team remotely, something like Basecamp is, I think it's essential. There are all kinds of platforms that do things like what Basecamp does. I use Basecamp because it's honestly been around the longest and I, I don't know. I like it enough that I use it, but yeah. Is, is there any like one tool that you think is like the best or the most important one that you use? Would that be Basecamp? For managing a team, it's probably, yeah, I think it's probably, Basecamp's really important. We use Slack too. I pay for Slack as well. Cause like if you, you can use Slack for free, but like they, I don't know. I don't know what they do with the data. And so mm-hmm. it's like, whenever you use things for free, well, just watch what they're doing with your information. So like with Slack, they do, they archive all your, your chat history. Hmm. And I just find it hard to, but like, I know Gmail reads your emails and that's how they give you ads. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what Slack is doing with your chat history. So I, if you pay for it though, they don't archive it and it gets deleted. Interesting. Okay, and so we pay for Slack not to, and I have nothing to hide either, but I don't know. It's just, it's yeah, just, yeah. No, you know, you don't know. know. I mean, there's actually, there's something that's a, an alternative to fresh books. That's totally free. I, I wish I could remember the name of it, but I was like free version of something that tracks all of your money and what you're doing hmm. with it. It just sounded like, I don't know. I things that are free can be super fishy, right? They have to be doing something. They have to. There are people that work there. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) there's people that answer the phone if you call. So I'm like, how are they earning money other than using your information in some way? Hmm. Yeah, usually to think about. Not to be like wearing a tin hat and scare people, but it's a real thing, you know. Good to be aware. It's good to be aware and at least question things once in a while. I think, yeah, we can definitely get all into, oh, what's the best free thing for this and that? But yeah, sometimes free might not be the best bet. Mm. So I know we only have a few, another minute or so. So is there one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first started your business? Yes. Okay. This is a good one. Um, the customer is not always right. Ooh. Yeah. Controversial. Controversial. I know all the customers are like, well, we're getting new websites now. Buy Liz. No, no, but I think that that like, that came from like what restaurants and stuff, right? Like where you really just need to be happy for 20 minutes and then send them on their way. But I totally agree with something like, yeah, like service providers and stuff, but tell us more. Like, why do you, do you have a specific, um, situation or like, well, many, oh man, oh many, trust me. But I I guess what I would say is, uh, not everybody's, not everybody's right for you. And then Mm. that's one way they're not always right. So the customer is not always right for you. And then like, they're not always right in general in the way that like, so I've never had a hard time get building a team. And that's something that people say is super hard to do. And I think it's because I hire, I hire good quality people. I try to attract good quality people into my life. And then like, if a customer insults a team member and like this happened, this has only happened a few times. Um, but like when it did, like I, my ex-husband's sister, so my ex sister-in-law, I guess she used to be, um, I would say the lead graphic designer that was on my team. And she was, I I mean, we were so close. Um, and, but she was amazing at what she did and she's very brilliant, detail oriented, went to Carnegie Mellon for art. Really. She's extraordinarily talented and I would never take that away from her. And we had this client, who called her an idiot literally in an email and then called me and called her all kinds of names. And I said, I'm so sorry. You are so out of line. And I go, and I don't let anybody talk about my team members that way. And I don't work with people that's disrespectful. And I just dumped her. Um, And I'm not afraid to dump clients that are, 
that cross lines like that, because I, I mean, you, you're sharing your work, you know, your, your job, you're making it right. So when you're an entrepreneur, you know, when you're allowing negative people, uh, into your world, I mean, it can, it can really hurt you. And so that's what I mean by the customer's not always right because there's way too many customers in the world. They're really not all right. Not, not all mm-hmm. of them. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, and I, I would definitely protect my, I protect my team at every turn because the team is what makes the business run. Your team is your foundation and they're part of your business systems. And so it's like when you don't protect those people, the whole entire thing will fail. That's like why businesses that are service providers that service providers that grow and have great success, if they fail, it's because they, they will side with the client over their team member because they'll be like, well, the client's giving me money. And I'm like, yeah, but that's because your team is doing the work. Mm. you know, that you're selling. Mm. So it's like when you can know, and then when they turn, if your team turns on you, you have nothing. And so I protect my team. They, and they take responsibility. You know, people should take responsibility if it's their fault. Yeah, fine. But like, I mean, you shouldn't like, you shouldn't have somebody like executed over. Do you know what I mean? Like don't, don't escalate problems. You know what I mean? Solve them and then make them unavoidable in the future. And that's like what we've done is like, obviously with technology, there's going to be things that happen. And then, you know, you just plan, you plan for that and remove the variable. So like when I say I've created a really good onboarding process, it's because I've made mistakes in the past. Like I've, Mm -hmm. you know, I've built, I've done website designs that don't resonate with people, but that's because at that point in time, I didn't ask people what they liked, you know, what they liked, you know, like, what do you like about what websites that exist? And so now I have an intake and now I take time to get to know people and then I build some design something. So it's like you, you, you build into your systems ways for problems to not happen at least as much. Um, and then you always protect your team. I love that. So true. I think that's such good. Yeah. Be the person that people want to work for. I mean, my team, my team really loves me and like they, we, we really all like each other, but that's because I've, you know, I've made that so important and, and I make them feel supported. And and if they don't like what they're doing anymore, I say, what role do you want? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you want to do? And I've had people that will start off as an administrative person and they become a strategist and they work with me in a different capacity, you know, that makes them feel empowered. How can you, how can you empower people? You know, that's what it's about. I love that. That's one thing I've been thinking about a lot too, in terms of like just starting to build out my team is mm. like, what, like, if I'm going to do this, I want this to be a mentorship, the best place to work. Like, yeah. And create, yeah. Create something that's yeah. worth creating in terms of like the actual work environment and the, the team itself and this and that, not just like a way for someone else to make money and for me to. And that's how you get better people because that when you're putting out that energy, you're going to attract the right teammates. I mean, that's just the way it works. Yeah. That's awesome. So my last question that I'm trying to ask everybody is, is there one, one piece of advice or one thing that you'd want to share to other entrepreneurs if they're just starting out their journey? Yeah. Um, as far as your target audience, don't get so caught up in like niching down. This is like a lot of pressure people have put on themselves Mm, and I don't want you to. Um, but if you want to think about your target audience, just try to picture who do you want to hang out with at Starbucks for a really long time and have a good conversation. What is that person like? And attract them, sell to them. And sometimes honestly, you'll know who you want to work with a little bit more than you'll know how you want to help them. And that's okay. Um, but get clear on just, you know, what kind of a person they are and let, and you don't need to know all the details. Like you don't need to know what they'd order at Starbucks. You just need to know what kind of a person they are. Um, and for me, that really helped me understand my target audience. Cause you're, if you're a service provider, you spend so much time with them. So that's why mm-hmm. it is important. I, I like that. I think that's really good too. Cause yeah, I think people sometimes 
go too far with it. Or it's like, oh, I think I, for, for a long time, spent way more time focusing on what type of business they had or like what type of thing we'd be promoting. But then, yeah, sometimes I would end up working with people who it seemed like a perfect like client, but it was like, actually, I didn't enjoy doing the work. I didn't enjoy working with them because like, I forgot that part about like actually thinking about what type of person they were and like how we'd interact and work together. And that can be, I think, bigger for a service. Like, cause then I would end up with clients who the product or whatever they were like doing was like so far away from like what I ever thought that I would be like wanting to promote or be working with, but they were such great people that I like got so into their pro- project and like yes. loved working with them and ended up, ha- you know, then you get great results. So I think that's a really good point too. Thank oh, you. I love you're so smart. Huh? I wish I had met you like five years ago when I was <laughs> when I was starting. We'd have been great friends. I agree. Oh. Thank you so much for being on here. Is there anything else you want to share? Or do you want to just tell people where they can find you to yeah. like if they want to connect with you or need a website or anything like that? Come on over to LizTheresa.com. It's L-I-Z-T-H-E-R-E-S-A. Um, you can also find me on the Liz on Biz podcast. That's on iTunes and Google Play. And then last but not least, feel free to follow me on Instagram. This is not last at LizTheresa. And of course, I have a free copywriting training video. So if you want to start writing, you know, messaging that resonates with people and attract, attract customers and leads, head to freecopyvideo.com to download my free seven minute training. Seven minutes. Seven minutes in heaven. Seven minutes. We can learn how to be copyright. That's yeah. Okay. Life will, go. You'll just be like waking up and be like, whoa, it's a good day when you wow. watch. There is no reason that anybody listening to this right now would not go take seven minutes to listen. I agree. I think we should all go do that right now. So let's hop off and go <laughs> log on to freecopyvideo.com. Is that what it was? Yes. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on here. First episode ever. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I'm so glad that it was you. Me too. I'm honored. Thank you.